0: You are listening to Just Riding Along on Mountain Bike Radio.
1: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Just Riding Along, brought to you by flavored triscuits eaten on the air. If you have not tried the flavored versions of triscuits, I highly recommend them. They're delicious. They come in multiple flavors. They're all good. Um, do we have a lot of questions tonight? Nope. People just got all like woo woohoo with questions the past two weeks. And now we have nothing.
2: And if you do want to send a question, remember to send that to jra at mountainbikeradio.com. Again, that is jra at mountainbikeradio.com. Please send all questions directly there. If you have anything else you need to send, send it directly there. If you want to send money, go to jrashow.com. Jay Cable from Alaska did. He sent $25, and we thank you for that.
1: Do Alaska well, dollars spend like regular U.S. dollars?
2: I think everything's pretty expensive there.
1: Kenny, did you win Iron Mountain? I did. <laughs> did you win the full face category?
0: <laughs> no, I won the, the category where you win many thousands of dollars, and uh, and they give you free bikes and shit. Oh, damn. Yeah. So that's no big no big deal. But um, yeah, that's what happened.
1: Wow, what kind of bike did you win? Another Brompton? E bike. An e bike.
0: <laughs> they, they gave me an E Brompton.
1: <laughs>
0: wow. <laughs> but yeah, Iron Mountain was good. Nothing did, too crazy. I mean Iron Mountain's Iron Mountain. It's awesome.
2: Did the event go smoothly?
0: Uh yeah, it seemed fine. Um I mean to be honest, I didn't I don't use any aid stations or anything, so like I can't even comment on that portion of it. Uh, but there were definitely a lot of checkpoints and the course was really well labeled and there were people at all the major intersections like pointing you where to go. Um, even though it's a very big course, they had a lot of people on it. Um, so I just bring
2: that up because this is like a, a tester event for marathon nationals.
0: Yeah. I mean, I didn't really see any obvious USA cycling people there, but it's definitely possible that they were, um, what else about it? Yeah, it was real smooth. I had a good day. But only as good as like, my fitness um, allows. I didn't like go super ridiculously fast, but I went as fast or a little faster than I thought I could. So, yeah, I was really happy. Uh, bike was awesome. Let's see. Um, especially out there, I'm on the bigger tires. I'm on the 2.35 rear icon and the 2.4 Ardent front. And they did really, really well. You Solid. can just. You can just throw that bike over in the corners. Yeah, isn't it
1: kind of like loose over hard out there?
0: It's a teeny bit of loose over hard, but I love the tires, love the bike. Um, I'm trying to think if I did anything differently. I used Scratch Labs uh, Powder Mix for the first time outside of just small rides. Uh, First, like, long ride with it, and it was fine, honestly. No big difference. Uh, I was on the Blueberry Pomegranate Goo Mm-hmm. And I liked it a lot, and I still like it. It's not not bad, but definitely the there's something a little less artificial tasting about the scratch labs, probably because it's I less artificial. That's, that's
1: like compared to that blueberry, when there's uh, less sodium in scratch, I'm pretty sure, unless you got one of the higher sodium varieties.
0: No, I think you're exactly right. But uh, yeah, so I was happy on nutrition. I was happy with the bike. Um, I rode with Laureen for about an hour, and and then. She didn't know the new section uh, of trail, so I went in front of her and kind of drove for that part of the lap, Uh, but she just didn't want to go that fast at that time. So I kind of went off and did my own thing for maybe two or three hours, and then at the last, like, maybe two minutes of the trail, she passed me. (laughs) She's so (laughs) So steady. That's what I get. Uh, But she win? No. Uh, There were, like, a ton ton of fast women out there like a ton it was crazy i did
1: notice that most of my uphill strava koms out there qoms uh were were taken by someone named desiree white though so, um i still hold the downhill ones nice yeah nice. that might change oh. at marathon nationals though like <laughs> some of those pro women show up and they're just gonna freaking rail it
0: that enduro though Yeah. Is, uh, what did it so yeah all my enduro things are still there which is pretty sweet uh, but yeah, when the pro pros come, that might uh, that might change. Yep. But regardless, it was really good. The weather was awesome. The trail is awesome. So so all you folks that are within driving distance of Iron Mountain uh, in Arkadelphia, Arkansas, if you have not been, highly recommend you going. And then I think we've talked about it before, but we will mention it again. The 2017-18 uh, U.S. Marathon Nationals are going to be there, and I don't know the date unfortunately. Do you guys know? No.
1: Okay. I think it's around this time of year. Maybe it's a little later, but
0: in two thousand and eighteen.
1: I mean, I, I think they normally do it like early summer.
0: Okay, it says seventeen eighteen season. I don't know what that means.
2: No, they run. So they do. They do an event at one venue two years running.
0: No shit, really? Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's not because oh, they, they do the feasibility study, which costs them money. And then they, they set up like discounts with hotels and everything. And then the first year is almost, you could say like, like the finalizing of the planning. And then the second year, they have all the pieces set, but they don't no keep it there way. for three years because then it's like two favoritism. You know, holy
0: crap. Well, that's awesome then. like, I'm really excited about that. That's insane. I thought it meant like... No,
2: no. It's two oh, seasons, two events.
0: Holy crap. Okay, well, that changes everything. That's awesome.
2: <laughs> I just heard Kenny get a boner.
0: No, I'm going to win both years then. I thought I was just going to be able to win the one year, but now I, can, <laughs> now I can do both, so that's pretty cool. How old are you, Kenny? Uh, I'm super old, man.
1: He's going to be like 28 in a couple days.
0: Who, me or Matt? You. Me? No, I'm not. I'm going to be 33.
2: Okay, that's Whatever. what I thought. Same so thing. we don't race in the same racing category anymore. Okay,
0: when do you turn 30, Matt?
2: Oh, God, like 2028 or 2018, <laughs> I mean. Okay.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's all that's new with me. Iron Mountain, it was good. Go ride there. Um, yeah, nothing else exciting. I don't think there's anything new out that I like or hate or anything like that. Oh, we do have, the shop is getting, we're building up an RKT-9 or demo. So I'll actually put some saddle time in on that and see how I like it. And I've also got some, it's a large, Uh. uh, and I got got some XT-DI2 on the way. So I will comment when I get that on. I'll probably put it on the demo bike and then keep one for sale, and then I'll probably end up putting a set on my bike because I have a feeling I'll like it.
1: That's pretty
0: rad. I mean,
2: that's really cool. And that's like a really good idea for your shop. You're running one of the newest, hottest bikes from your brand with some of the newest, hottest parts. Uh, what wheels are you going to use? They are Knox carbon. You're just going to build like the type of bike that is everything that someone could want.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we actually had one of the Knoxes already built up. Uh, it was a 28 hole front on an i9. And in the rear, uh, we had a 32 hole hoop just laying around just chilling, that was like extra on an order or who knows what uh, from like a year or two ago. And I'm going to build that to a boost DT350 to kind of keep the cost reasonable. Uh, just with round spokes, nothing crazy. Like competitions though, like butted? Um, I'll probably do some super comps or comps, something like that. That's cool. You don't,
1: you don't think having people ride the – I guess in Memphis it wouldn't really matter that much. Like What's if Like if you live someplace like – if the shop was someplace like with some tech riding – you could probably sell i9 hubs by building a demo set of i9 wheels.
0: No, I think there's definitely something to that and of course the big thing about the i9s is that the rear hub is awesome, right? The yeah. front hub just it's a hub. Yeah. Uh, it's just a like bearing most holder. front hubs. Exactly. Most front hubs are a freaking bearing
1: <laughs> a holder. Bearing holder.
0: That's really what they are. They they hold two bearings and what kind of end caps do they take? That's kind of it, but uh Yeah, I definitely get what you're um what you're going for, but most people get the i9 thing but yeah we don't have much tech around here and i'm you know the cost on the bike's getting pretty high so i'm trying to keep it reasonable where i can are you gonna do the 36 star ratchet um i probably should yeah Yeah,
1: definitely (laughs) cool don't make them have that clunk
0: i probably should yeah i don't know what they come with are they 18s or 24s 18s oh
1: god yeah i know (laughs) right that's That's almost as bad as american classics
2: i heard your boner go away
0: yeah (laughs) um the twenty four. I thought something came with twenty fours for some reason. Maybe not. Twenty four might be halfway acceptable.
1: Like hopes or something.
0: No, I thought there was a DT hub for a little while that came with DT, or sorry, that came with twenty fours. Uh,
2: I thought they only made eighteen, thirty six, and fifty four. You might be right. Fifty four is sketchy. Yeah,
1: don't do fifty four. People. No, like 30,
0: this. 36 would be. Yeah. Uh, what I'd go with, but so anyway, this is a great
2: segue <laughs> into what I have new going on.
1: What do you
2: have new going on? Um, it includes me needing 36 star ratchet upgrade for my new bike.
0: Oh
1: yeah.
2: So ordered. are you going to gonna
1: borrow the one out of my wheel?
2: I'm going to, uh, sequester it for personal use. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm
1: going to go get Indy out of the yard.
2: I have decided that for 2016 and potentially into 2017, depending on how marathon national shapes up for Arkansas. Um, I mean, I am in Arc uh, colorado now but if marathon nationals is in arkansas i'm definitely going to come back it's a it's a good event it'd be a good thing to race on a trail that i've ridden before and race with all the pros you know i understand i wouldn't race with them because of age divisions and things but um, i could come back and see my family and then i could do a race with all the professional people there and um, probably probably record some cool stuff with some cool people that we haven't talked to before and and get a really cool experience out of it um I did all of our, so in April of 2013, I got the, um, uh, what is that? The crave. And it's kind of been my, my main bike since then. Um, I built a, at one point I had a geared one and like geared only and a single speed one. And then I ended up with that Niner jet nine RDO for a while. But, um, once I moved out here, I, I knew that that bike wasn't really what I wanted to keep and I needed to, Needed to make some cash, so I sold that bike. Um Pivot bolts always want to fall out of it. Uh, but um, last week I ordered a new Trek Top Fuel 9.8. So it's a 100 millimeters of travel front and rear, um, and it's all carbon fiber, and it's boost, and it's one by. Um, it's going to be, what is it, like XT brakes and X01 uh, one by with 350 hubs laced to um uh what are those uh dc swiss rims um i'm sure the rims are going to dent at some point so i'll probably end up relacing the wheels with that new crest mk3 rim but it's pretty cool we we had the bike in stock so i I built it it wasn't built so i built it and i weighed it and with plastic pedals and tubes it was 25 pounds 25.2 pounds and extra large which is pretty cool um my hardtail was 25 pounds without a dropper post. So going to a hundred millimeters of front and rear travel at no weight penalty is, is pretty good. Um, you know, I only had a, a, a zero millimeters of rear wheel travel before. So I'm making a pretty 100 millimeter upgrade there and I'm pretty pumped about it. Um, I think it's going to be a great bike. I, after riding the remedy, it was really eye opening. There wasn't, and what Kenny said is, is there's things that I'll do on my cross country bike. And then there's things I won't do and the bigger bike only makes me more comfortable for those things that I will do. So I don't think it's going to hamper my riding at all. Um, I think if I had a bigger bike, like a remedy or a Bronson or a 5010 even, or, or even a high tower, I'd probably ride like a slash. Well, I wasn't even going to go quite that big. Like (laughs) I'd probably just ride like a dickhead here in the front range. I'd ride when the bike, when the trail got interesting on a bike that big. I would be going at speeds at which hikers are very upset when they encounter me. Um, so, I'm just going to ride a smaller travel bike and push it to the limit, and and be more excited because I'm kind of like driving that that on the edge. I'm really really excited yeah, about that.
1: That top feels cool. Like we, we put one together for a customer a couple months ago, and it was. I'm, it was I'm still
0: hot. I'm still convinced that for the average mountain biking, kind of do it all. You want to race? You want to do some trail stuff? You want to take a lift every once in a while? It's hard to beat a roughly 100-mil travel bike. It just is.
2: It comes 100-100. I'm really considering putting a 110 or a 120 air spring in it, but there's also a big part of me that wants to just ride it at 100 straight just because. Yeah?
1: Yeah, I mean, I like the 120 not necessarily for the length of travel, but because it just slackens it out a little bit just to get, like, A little brappy downhill without feeling twitchy?
2: I think it's already slacker than my Crave, though.
1: Well, then don't worry about it. A top fuel at 100?
2: I think it's 70-degree head tube angle. Hmm, that's interesting.
1: You're going to hear some typing.
2: Yeah, you're going to hear some typing real quick.
1: I mean, that's that's really, like, I don't don't think that 20 millimeters of travel makes a huge difference in your ability to navigate things.
0: What if it's 70-degree head tube angle with a 51 offset?
1: I'm sure it's a 51 offset. It's a trick.
0: Cuz 70 degree head tube angle with a 51 offset is fucking fast.
1: I bet it I, I bet it is.
2: Oh, it's definitely 51 offset. Yeah. I'm just going to look it up.
0: Cuz in years past their hardtail 29s were like 69 ballpark. So, 70 51 offset is is like how you doing? That's really fast. <laughs> how I wrote you doing? RKT with a 100-mil fork 51, and it was too fast.
1: <laughs> too fast.
0: It, it was way too fast. Where did you ride that? Uh, a customer bought the fork, and I wrote it, and I said, hey, um, do you remember what offset fork you got? And, uh, no, I don't. I saw a number, but I didn't know what it meant. I, th- and I said, <laughs> I bought it 51, <laughs> and we measured it and looked at a receipt or something like that, and sure enough, he bought a 51-100. And a 51-100 on an RKT... I mean I suppose someone out there might like it, but uh if you were thinking about doing such a thing, it is really, really fast.
1: So how did you did he return it or did you make the fork one twenty to like balance it out?
0: I think he's going to offload it and get a stepped cast thirty two with a forty six offset in a hundred.
1: Oh, that's cool.
2: God, yep. that's the that's the problem, is this comes with like a hydraulic dual lockout for front and rear. Fuck yeah. And I want to hardtail button. I want to put a new sit on it so bad.
1: <laughs> Maybe you could put that damper in. A, no, you'd have to take the charger damper out. And, and I would bad.
0: take those lock offs out with extreme prejudice.
1: Oh no, for like no cross country racing. So I that's the that's okay. the thing
2: that's like drawing me to this bike is it has a hardtail button. Yeah, and, like, I
1: like I like that. Like I, no I, joke. I like hit a button and be able. So to So what stand what drew you to and,
0: that full suspension bike is that it's a hardtail uh but when then i push him a, sounding a lot like epic guy
1: no it's a no, hardtail no, no. when you choose it when you choose <laughs> no, for it to be a the epic
2: hard tail. the epic chooses when you're hardtail uh, um so how much would you say the head tube angle is is increased by the 51 offset like the snappiness?
0: it it doesn't cuz they're not the same i so understand so, that you, but. Can, you can do we can talk like when you add travel to an existing bike with an existing head tube angle, what it adjusts. Uh, and it's roughly, every 10 mils a half a degree, roughly. It really depends on where your start and finish point is, but that's a good rule of thumb. I would say uh, as far as trail numbers, that's what's fascinating. So the trail number, uh, if you can end up with so a 100 mil, 46 offset, with a 70 degree head tube angle is equivalent to let me get this right. A 120 51 offset with a 69 degree head tube so angle. So
2: what were the two what were the so two head tube angles there?
0: It ends up being about one degree. It's as if, and of course, this is not hard and fast rule because there's ten thousand other little things that come into this, but as far as the feel in a parking lot on flat ground, fifty one offset to forty six offset. The fifty-one feels as if you're on a one-degree uh, steeper bike. Cool, and the a
2: larger trail number is slower, right?
0: Uh, yes, that's true. That's correct.
2: Yep. So the top fuel is actually slower than the crave. R- really? Yeah. So the crave is a seventy-one and a half degree head angle with a seventy-five millimeter trail, and the top fuel is seventy with an eight eighty millimeter trail.
1: No wonder okay. you con- – like, any time you climb on a bike that wasn't the Crave, you're you're just like – the front wheel wants to be off the ground. I feel like I'm doing a wheelie, and it's like, dude, you're, you're on a 124. Get at me. Like, come at me. <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. So for what it's worth, I have found that I really like – my sweet spot is for a cross-country bike, I like 75 millimeters of trail, roughly. That feels really good to me.
2: That's what the Crave was before – Putting the 120 air spring in it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's like what my niner is at 100. What's,
1: 100- what's the top fuel trail?
2: The top fuel trail is 80.
1: Oh,
0: okay. So is that's a 46 offset fork or no?
2: It's 51.
0: Really, I just don't understand how that math can work out. That's really weird.
2: Uh, 70 degree head tube angle with a. So you said that that a 51 offset fork is worth 20 yeah. millimeters of travel, right?
0: Rough, roughly, roughly, yeah,
2: yeah, and twenty millimeters of travel is worth one degree of head tube, right? Yes. So the head tube changes by one and a half. Okay,
0: so well, I guess that makes sense. The
2: trek is one and a half degrees slacker with a fifty-one.
0: Okay, so it's basically it in the end, it yields a half degree slacker.
2: Yep, and I'm I'm probably gonna go. I, I'll I'll probably end up one ten. Honestly. Well,
0: that's cool.
2: Just ah. Uh, I mean, I want to try. I'm just going to ride the bike a at 100. Compass,
1: like, take it out of the box and go rage it.
2: I'm going to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put a beefier front tire on, and that's it.
0: But I think it turns out that uh, Gary Fisher was kind of right on the whole big offset fork on 29ers. So I would actually really like to see a company come out with like a 55 or 56 or even more offset fork because that would be really good. You can do all kinds of neat things when you get into longer travel, like 130, 140, 150. Where that bike will start feeling a lot better.
2: You mean like really steep in the head tube angle, back up, so when it fully compresses, it's like rideable. No, it's
0: so you can keep a really nice slack head tube angle. So the thing. Oh, sorry, I was thinking
2: the wrong. I was, I was. What I meant was, when you fully compress it, it's not too steep. That's what I meant to say.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So you got that going on, and also the angle of attack of the forks really good. So when you take a big hit on something, it's more likely to compress the fork rather than like want to buckle the fork underneath it. Um, because it slackened out. I mean, it's the whole slack head tube angle argument. So, yeah, slack head tube angle, long fork, but it still steers kind of quick on flat.
2: Yeah, so big thing, the SB66 from Yeti, it just wants to eat lower headset bearings because the bike is so slack that if yeah. you ride it on regular trails, it really just wants to rip the wheels apart rather than compress the travel. But if you point it downhill, it works really well.
0: Pretty, pretty fascinating.
2: Yeah. I mean, but when you make a bike have like a, you know, 50 degree head tube angle or something ridiculous, of <laughs> course, the, the bike just wants to pull apart instead of like, you know.
1: I did, um, I I looked at the, the head tube, like the slash has a 65 or 65 and a half degree head tube angle. And I was talking to uh, the newish guy at work who's really into like enduro and downhill and that kind of stuff and he's like i was like why? he was like i don't know what bike i'm gonna get next because he has a rocky mountain altitude now but i don't know it sounds like he's not racing for rocky mountain next year and i was like you get a slash and he's like no it's like so it, it basically it boils down to it doesn't it doesn't go downhill well enough or as poorly as it pedals
2: yep i've ridden a slash for about Fifteen minutes before, and that was enough to tell me that I didn't like it. Um, <laughs> no, really. The so it didn't have. So it's a it's a single pivot bike, right? Sure. Uh, I mean, you know, it's a it's a squishy, a bendy rear triangle bike that has no way to change the pedaling platform. Yeah. Out of the box, I mean, sure, you could put a different shock on it, and you could then have a.
0: So a, it's basically it's it's a lift access a lift access bike with a single crown. Yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. I mean, that's the bottom line. Yeah. Like, no, and that's
0: cool. I mean, as long as people know what they're getting and they're not, you know, they don't try to bullshit people about it, I think that's fair. But the Yeti is the same hedgy mangle. It's 65 and a half. I just looked it up.
2: That SB6 is so slack. Like, it's slack enough that i tried riding one in service out of the building. And I ran the front wheel into the wall trying to go through a doorway. Cause like the front wheel was just so far in front of me. I just didn't understand it.
1: Yeah, That's how the Mach six feels.
2: I was just like, how do I front wheel? It's
1: so <laughs> awesome. Like it's, it's so awkward at first and then you start going downhill and you're just like, Oh, okay. Like, Oh, that's, that's why they did that.
2: Yeah. I wonder what the remedy is. I gotta find that out. Dead air. It's so good. Are we
0: still are. We still recording after our little.
2: I think scene we are earlier. I think we are. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, we yeah. are.
1: It's still cool. green.
2: Oh, oh Super not that green. button. Where my bite button go? I'm trying to find that that shrimity
1: nine eight. I don't think anything new and exciting has happened with me. I can fill in the dead air while you're scrolling all the way to the bottom of the page on the Trek website because that's where you find geometry charts. Because no one likes them
2: geometry charts don't t- geometry charts don't tell you about like jumping over roots and stuff bro <laughs> uh the,
0: oh a geo chart i don't want that bike
1: that's that, got numbers it's oh, roughly God. 60 that bike's made out of numbers
2: it's roughly 66 and a half which so, bike the remedy the remedy nine eight. so oh, okay. it's 67 and a half with the 51 offset fork all right that's cool. And that thing
0: went downhill like prop.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Big bikes are fun.
0: It definitely seems like the market is going towards longer top tubes, slacker head tube angles, shorter stems, large offset forks, short yeah. chain stays. I like it. Yeah?
1: Yeah. I mean I like it here at least. I don't know. Like I think if I if I lived in Memphis, I would probably still be doing like what you're doing, like sticking with the shorter faster kind of bike because that does really really well around there and then i mean even if you go in the mountains like east or west from from memphis like any full suspension bike can handle basically everything unless you go to like the bike park in fayetteville yeah so
0: i still love my bike yeah that's great
1: yeah i mean but i think you know if you live in the mountains um, a little bit more travel can be pretty fun You can just go faster and feel more confident. Like, I don't think, I think if you gave me the same descent on like a shorter travel bike versus a longer travel bike, like I wouldn't really go that much faster on a longer travel bike. I would just feel safer.
0: No, I think that's a perfectly valid and probably correct statement.
2: And that's, that's definitely where I stand is like, I feel like with my riding ability here in the front range, predominantly where I want to ride my bike out of my house to the trail, if I get a bike that makes me like, a little giddy. I'm going to be going irresponsibly fast.
0: I like to feel a little scared though.
2: That's what I I'm think, saying,
0: like I think with like vehicles these <laughs> days people wouldn't like text and drive as much if everybody drove like the original Mini Cooper
1: <laughs> and you'd
0: let go of the steering wheel and it would like shoot into a wall.
1: <laughs> that would, always, it, would I it was just like like, really bad. Yeah, people like instead of airbags all cars steering wheels should have a giant spike sticking out of them.
2: That's a Kenny original. do you remember that kenny what you you said that a a long time ago you said everyone should learn to drive on a 500 wheel horsepower no abs no traction control manual transmission car with a spike sticking out of the front wheel out of the steering wheel
1: i think i added the spike out of the steering wheel thing (laughs) Uh, but yeah kenny definitely said that about the abs i learned how to drive on a tractor like a big track a tractor with wheels the size of Bigger than me because I was young and not fully grown.
2: I mean, you're still not that big.
1: <laughs> Those are still big wheels for a tractor, though. Um,
2: well,
0: so no questions.
2: We have two questions.
0: Let's let's do it.
2: Uh, let's see.
1: Matt's eating Triscuits.
2: <clears throat> I'm eating Triscuits, scrolling through, trying to find the question. The the Question from Kevin from the internet. I'm gonna drink some of my beer and then read that question. So just hold on.
1: Oh my gosh, you're taking like you're taking a beer to the face.
2: Yep. I just took some Chub to the face.
1: <laughs> Old Chub, that stuff is pretty terrible.
2: It's fine, and it's eight percent. What more could you ask for? It was free, and it's eight percent.
1: A box of wine. That's but that? That's was not that free, beer? but tastes good.
2: Yeah, it was tip beer. I'm not really a fan of the stuff that Oscar Blues makes. This is okay.
1: I think the yellow pills is pretty, pretty all right. And like they're normal. I don't know, like the lighter ones are okay. But yeah, everything else is kind of like punchy in the face.
2: <laughs> so we got a tip 24 flat from a customer the other day. And I sequestered this six pack for myself because it was the best six pack in there. And nice. Here we are. So.
0: Wait, twenty four twenty-four pack tip for a flat repair? Is that what you said?
2: Uh no, like a twenty-four flat. Like their stuff comes in like a it was a in like a coke flat. Oh, uh,
0: okay. I thought it was like twenty-four beers. beers for a flat repair. I was like, good God.
2: It was twenty-four beers for retentioning a wheel.
0: Okay. That's pretty sweet.
2: Um Kevin from the internet says, Hi. First off, I love the show. Your banter gets me through my days behind a computer. I just got a brand new commensal meta AM V four. Here are the specs. I've done a couple of rides and love this bike. It's confidence inspiring coming from a Franken bike that was made from like four different full suspension bikes. (laughs) I'm interested in getting a dropper post for the new sexy bike, and I talked to a local bike shop about what to look for. I want to be able to slam the seat tube or slam the seat to the seat tube so that the LBS recommended a 150 millimeter cable dropper post. His reasoning for cable is that hydraulic needs more maintenance and have irritating issues that the cable trapper boasts don't have. I want stealth routing to keep the bike looking clean as well. So what do you guys suggest for a dropper post? I'm hoping to spend less than 300. If that means I sacrifice 150 to get that price under 300, that works for me.
1: So uh, like when I, when I first started working at a Trek shop, all of the 2015 treks had come with KS posts. And so like, everyone's like, God, KS posts are the worst thing ever. And then, like, this year, all these bikes have reverbs on them. And guess what? Every freaking, like, all these reverbs are giving us issues, and we're having to warranty them. So it's like whatever post comes in your shop the most, you're going to be like, that post sucks because it has problems. Every freaking dropper post has problems. But we deal with them because they're still sort of in that period of, Innovation and becoming a normal piece of bike equipment that they're not awesome yet. Like they're, they're definitely getting there, but they're not all the way there yet. Um, the 9.8 poster one that I, I dealt with a little bit at 9250 and I had like one that just wouldn't stay up out of the box. But other than that, like they seemed pretty great, but they hadn't been around long enough for them to start breaking. So. I don't know. Like I, I say, just kind of pick whichever one fits your budget and your needs. Um, you know, whichever one fills that the best for you, just go with that one because, you know, like the new is supposed to fix a lot of the issues the old one had, but the new one's gonna have its own issues. It's just how stuff goes like that. Like, you know, it's it's gonna be like five in five years. Dropper posts are all gonna be rock solid and be awesome, but right now they're they're just not there yet.
2: I disagree with that.
1: Okay. That's why this show is good.
2: I mean, you're asking your seat post to do what a lefty does, but you want it to lock out fully rigid every, like you want it to be rigid damn near 90% of your bike ride and not just rigid. I'm talking about lock solid, fully capped out to the millimeter rigid. You don't want it to have any wiggle front to back, left to right, side to side, rotational vertically. You want your seat post to not move with your seat attached to it. And then you want to be able to push a button and push it out of the way. So you're asking to put, and I don't know if you've ever seen a lefty, but a lefty is like the size of your wrist. And you're asking to put all that inside of something 27.2, 30.9 or 31.6 millimeters, which is all damn close to an inch in diameter. And you want that shit to all work flawlessly for like four years without failing. Well, guess what? Fuck you. That's not how life works. That's not how badass <laughs> mechanical items work. When you want cutting edge, bleeding edge technology, you got to have problems. And that's the problem you deal with. Seat posts not because the keyways get worn, because you put your fat ass on it all the time. <laughs> um, Seat posts start to thud bust because you pull a vacuum on it, because you pick your bike up with it when, when it's thing dropped.
1: That is doesn't do. Okay. Well, but then they have other issues. Like, they have their own issues. So yeah. I'm not saying a, that...
2: A reverb... So here's the thing. Reverbs have three service parts. There's three service kits for a reverb. Yeah. <clears throat> There's, like, a bunch of different KS dampers, you know? So that's the trade-off. A bike shop can stock three SKUs, and they can service reverbs. If you want to service KS posts, you have to stock a ton more SKUs to have all the dampers in stock.
1: Well, you don't have to stock all the dampers. If your shop has a QVP account, you can get it delivered to you in three days.
2: That's the the insufferable asshole that wants their post to perform like a rigid post until they push a button wants you to fix their post that afternoon. So well, you need it in stock.
1: Yeah, I mean they just can't I mean that's like a an expensive well, part.
2: No, I am just that trying costs to It
1: cost way more than a rever rebuild kit too.
2: I'm just trying to illustrate the point that like you can like of what you're asking the industry to do here. And right. What we're asking the industry to do is take a lefty, which is like, I don't know, a $1,200 item and make it $500 and make it smaller, lighter, and better. Um, and to me, that just seems absolutely absurd. And that's what the bike industry is doing every moment of every day is we're promising more for less. And then people are getting all pissed off when you don't get more for less.
1: So, which seat post are you recommending?
2: I'm recommending you deal with rebuilding your seat post or you. Rock your post high, or you run a quick release seat post call. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, every moving part and some of the not moving parts on your bike is going, they're all going to require maintenance. Like,
2: what I would tell this dude go to your local bike shop, buy whatever post they feel most comfortable servicing.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a good idea. Like, if they're like, no, we have a mechanic that can rebuild a KS post in 15 minutes, which is uh, plausible. Like, I think, whatever, it, if they're like, yeah, we got a dude that, that does that, you know, and he knows KS posts inside and out, he never has to call KS because we can get all the service parts from BTI or from QBP and get it rebuilt in 15 or 20 minutes, and, yeah, go with the KS. If your shop has, like, you know, a lady that can can service your reverb in Thirty minutes, and they got all the the, like three reverb kits in stock for whatever you need. Then go with the reverb.
2: Yep, that's what I would say. Kenny doesn't know shit about dropper posts, so he's just not going to talk.
0: I don't want to talk about droppers. I mean, you just don't need them, you know. No, I don't. So I just don't deal with them. I mean, I've built, I've uh, sorry, I've installed, um, installed a few KSs. They were okay. I've re-bled a few reverbs. I've installed a few reverbs. Um, Yeah, they all suck. (laughs) Not because they suck for around here. They just suck because you're asking a lot of that product, kind of like you mentioned.
1: Oh, that reminds me. Like, Matt, your comment, and this is off topic. Can I go off topic now? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, they put the charger damper in the new SID. Ooh. This is my prediction, is that... You know, the same thing happened, like, when dropper post when you started seeing the 27.2 options, those didn't work, like, even worse. So then the larger dropper posts, like, they had more issues because they basically were trying to, like Matt said, cram all of that stuff into such a tiny little package. Um, I think that's going to happen with the new, with the the 32 stanchion fitting charger damper. I think we're going to see... Um, durability issues with those. Eh. I hope not, but and also, like, the charger damper is it's not like your previous SID where you just, like, unscrew a top cap and take one out and put a new one in and, like, get the oil volume right. It's a damn process. Like, you take it out and then it's like one of those little Russian nesting dolls to take apart and then you have to bleed it and if you don't bleed it right, it's not going to feel good and, yeah, I mean, it's a it is not the easiest thing to service.
2: I will say this if you have a 32 millimeter chassis Rock Shock fork that was purchased this year, I beg you to check the air cap on your fork right now. I'm not talking about the cosmetic cap that keeps dirt out of your Schrader valve that you screw the uh, pump onto. I'm talking about the, the cap that screws into the upper, like screws into the, the CSU. Of the fork. Uh, make sure that cap is tight.
0: Um, oh, Those have been loose for like 10 years, man. Almost every fork I see that comes in. Maybe just from the course of riding. But the damper and the air spring top caps are both loose always.
2: Um, so I'm finding that damn near every one I've touched in the last two weeks has been loose. That's wild. Um, and these, these bikes have... Uh, they don't have dirt on the tires. These are new bikes. Oh, damn. Um, so I'm talking out of the box... I took a wrench, walked our sales floor and found a I, if it was a none of the pikes were loose. I mean I say none, like maybe one or two. Um and then on the Revelation chassis, most of those were loose. But at the Reba Recon level, all of those were loose. And I use those terms loosely, you know. Again, with the pike it was loose. maybe one or two. With the Revelation, it was a majority and then with the the, the the 32 mil chassis like recons and rebas that was like it oh was man,
1: i just put one of those on a bike today
2: it was odder for it to be tight than it was like i was surprised if it was tight rather than being surprised it was loose
1: i gotta check that bike I, i'm gonna send clayton a message to check that tomorrow
2: and i don't know what's going on but what we've seen is the uh, air shaft is having trouble pressurizing like equalizing the pressure and i don't know if it's because the top's losing pressure um, but I tightened the guys that had been ridden and then I aired it down and it sucked down and then I aired it up and aired it back down and it didn't suck down again, which was really weird.
0: No, that's normal. Really? So if you, yeah, so we'll think about it. If you don't cycle the fork, say it's, it's got even pressure, positive, hundred PSI, let's say, and then you, you depress that top cap. All the pressure is going to come out of the positive, but if you don't, uh, if you don't move the main air piston past that little bypass valve, then that 100 psi is going to stay in the negative chamber, so it's going to suck the fork down. And then, if you were to, and then what'd you say was the next thing that happened? Uh, well, the catch that I've seen is no one's
2: fork has lost enough pressure to suck all the way down. So I got these. You. These customers bring me a fork. That's a hundred mil fork that's stuck at 70 mils travel.
0: Yeah, that does happen too. that. That can also be, uh, sometimes it's been as easy as, and I don't know why this happens. Um, if you just pop the, uh, the air spring bottom bolt off, like underneath the lowers, pull that sucker out, use a pokey device to depress the Schrader valve up inside of there. And that will bring your back, your travel. And then, uh, bring the fork all the way through its travel again, and then top off the positive air chamber.
2: Yeah, it's it'll, really weird.
0: equalize. It's almost like that check valve is made for the pressure to go negative, you know? Well, I mean, the way it works, if you have a completely new air spring, for example, it's going to have zero or close to zero PSI in it, and then you fill up, say, the positive chamber to 100, and you're still sitting there no matter what you do until you cycle the fork, you're sitting with 100 positive, zero negative. You push it through its travel, it goes past the bypass valve, and maybe on that first stroke you get, I don't know, 50 psi and the negative. And you move it through this travel a few more times, and it'll eventually equalize to, say, 90 and 90 because that air pressure, that hundred, that original 100 goes to fill up the negative, so it's going to decrease.
1: Ain't that some shit?
2: Well, no, I understand that, but what I'm saying is, if the top cap's loose and it's yep. losing
0: air out of the top, yeah, yeah,
2: I would think that then you start bottoming out more, right?
0: Uh, very, yeah, very possible. There's all kinds of weird crap that could happen if your positive chamber
2: is leaking, right? But then what hap- What I'm seeing with these customers' bikes is their positive chamber is leaking due to a loose air cap. Yeah, but when and, their and fork- then the fork gets sucked down a little bit. Yeah, it's not. It's like it's it's like that's a almost like a one-way street to pressurize the bottom.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you're exactly right on that. And that's why I think when it happens, the only good way to do it is to depress that Schrader valve uh underneath it. Okay. So you're saying pull the air spring
2: like the lower affixing bolt, depress the Schrader valve, and then repressurize the top or I reinstall just, the bolts, repressurize yeah, the top, the cycle it,
0: double check the pressure.
2: You got it. Yeah, because that bypass valve seems like it's
0: a one-way. Sh- yeah, we've it, just said it that. It seems right. to be maybe not 100% one-way, but it definitely – It's it seems biased towards allowing pressure, pressure towards yeah. the negative. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know all the details of that because I – Oh, I dude, haven't. I know why.
1: Why?
2: I just answered my own fucking question. <laughs> well think about it you take your 100 millimeter or your your 100 mil fork and say you have to compress it to 80 mils to pressurize the bottom i don't know the number i'm making it up right sure or you do 80 percent of the travel so you're down to 20 mils of stanchion left imagine the pressure in the upper at that point because the air volume is so greatly reduced you follow me sure
0: yeah but i mean i don't know there's some I don't know all the details on how the heck that thing works as far as the physics go, but there's probably someone smarter than me who could tell me exactly how that works. But I think you're on the right track, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like when
2: you compress it enough to open that bypass valve, is it, is there actually so much pressure in the top that it is pressurized it like equalized at that point? Very possible. Well, no, that still doesn't work. It doesn't matter. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to solve this. I'm just going to finish my old chub.
1: I bet Ed at Tram would know. Steve called him Taco Ed the other day.
2: Because the dude looks like he eats a bunch of tacos?
1: He's a, he's a large individual.
2: I mean, if there was a taco eating contest, I'd put five on him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Sloan from Edmonton. See how I just start that next question? Um, hello JRA crew. I bought a 2016 DaVinci Spartan Carbon. I bought it because our Canadian peso went down the shitter, and I couldn't justify stepping up to what I wanted—the big bad Nomad. So I went with a boutique Canadian bike. Kind of a mistake, but fuck it. I will deal with it for a couple of years. I wish I had—I would have heard the order a bike from a real brand rant before I ordered it in February. I ordered it because Dave Weagle was involved in the design but I have been a bit disappointed. Split pivot design in comparison to the VPP, I'm with Kenny and his solid rear triangle preference. All right, here's the real question. I'm 5'10", 190 pounds before gear, a.k.a. motherfucking naked. I consider myself a fairly aggressive rider coming from a downhill and dump dump truck, dirt jump background. (laughs) Dump
1: truck background. (laughs) Oh,
2: God. The old chub's working.
1: He's built like a dump truck.
2: And I am racing to... God, and I'm racing, going to race in a couple of local and like speaking Canadian Durbro races. um, uh, BC Enduro Series this summer. I'm looking oh, wow. for.
0: Did they not have USA Cycling up there? That would be amazing.
1: Um, I'm- they're in Canada, so I don't think they have USA Cycling.
0: I know. That's like, I'm going to move to Canada.
2: <laughs> Dude, I'm struggling so bad. <laughs> I'm on old chub number three for the day. Oh my god. And podcast number two for the day. This is rough.
1: Uh you need some whiskey?
2: <laughs> yes. I I am looking for a set of wheels because the ones that came on a bike flex and feel super lazy on climbs. I would like to keep the weight down as much as possible and cap the budget at eighteen hundred
0: US dollars.
1: would oh, get them Nox I Nines.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: How much does a set of Nox I Nines cost, Kenny?
0: Mm, retail 1800-ish. There
1: you go.
0: I would get a set of I-9s with the
2: new Arch MK3s.
1: That would be your, your responsible alloy option.
2: Or I would get Trail Enduros or Enduro 24-32s or whatever they're called. Like the I-9 wheel that's made for
1: yeah.
0: getting broppy on. Stuff. The yeah. alloy one. If you're going to get the Knox, I'd do the the or the Farlow.
1: Yeah, get um but whatever you do if you have that kind of budget get i9 hubs you know, they're happy they're a lot
0: happy. of good lot you'd of be good happy with dt350s you'd be happy with hopes but i9s are sweet even the new stands neo hubs are really nice yeah they seem to be all right i haven't really had to rebuild them yet so i can't i've come.
1: i've had to rebuild one on a oh, wheel well. that was like well damn yeah well this guy rides a lot but it is a pretty new hub like he's he's actually a, he's a racer dude um and he's going to see if Stans will send him all the bearings to put in it because his are trash, like I actually like I called him I'm like, "Hey, do you use a power washer like honestly, like fess up, do you use a power washer?" and he's like, no i he's like, sometimes I use my garden hose, but I usually just don't wash it at all <laughs> and uh yeah, so he has not other than the fact that he rides probably more than most people, um but the wheels are still like a month old, so Damn! All the bearings are shot. Um, damn. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. So I'd
0: like to. This is a random wheel thing, but I want to give credit where credits due. And I, I really, I don't know what the damn model is. I could probably look it up. But there's a DT Swiss, uh, DT Swiss factory wheel set. So hubs, spokes, rim hoop, twenty eight hole, built on. They're straight pull spokes, which I don't like. However, they've been super solid. Uh, Laureen's factory wheels on her pivot.
1: Yeah, uh, like the uh, X seventeen hundreds.
0: Maybe I don't know the model number. Unfortunately, I'm pretty
1: sure that's what they.
0: Those little bastards have been solid. I mean, the yeah. bearings. I have not touched a single bearing on those. They have like twelve thousand miles on them. Yeah, and they're perfect. So that says something.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean they're they're not the most dent resistant, but yeah, they're. I mean, they're DT Swiss hubs. They're good.
0: Yeah, I mean hers are not dented at all. Um, and I true them, like, I think I've trued them twice, maybe just barely. So I'm pretty impressed for a factory wheel set. They're really bomber. Yeah. are a lot of stuff.
1: Those are on, uh, they're on a few treks. They're on most of the pivots, pivots, putting like the same, basically the same wheel, but with a burlier rim on, you know, bikes that need a burlier rim.
0: I gotcha. But, but yeah, that's what my wife impressed. said to come with. I was super skeptical at first, but. Damn, those are, yeah. I don't think they're wheels. bad wheels.
1: Like, they're, they're a good, uh, I mean, they're just wheels. There's nothing fancy or special, but they're, there's nothing like bad about them either.
2: They're yeah. really soft. Like, the rim itself is pretty soft. It's not very impactable. So, I, I would assume the riding she's been doing with, if her riding style hasn't changed drastically, um, it's pretty comparable to what I'm used to, but they don't do so well with like hitting square edge stuff.
1: She's not huge either.
2: I mean, I'm not either, but um, I guess what I mean is like the rock strike ability of those doesn't really rival like a stand's rim.
1: Lorene is definitely not a heavy plow rider.
0: Now, what's interesting is uh, Lorene was on uh, full ZTR crests on her last bike. And they they survived, but they were definitely getting really tired at that ten thousand mile mark, and yeah. she had a few small dents on them. So I don't know if that's just a happen chance of her becoming a better rider, yeah. or if it's just straight luck, or if these DTs are a little bit burlier. But regardless, definitely not bad wheels. I'm kind of impressed.
1: Cool. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well.
2: Yeah, the new stand stuff though, man, it's good. Like even I haven't the, ridden it yet. So well, the crest is twenty three internal. The arch is 26 internal and the flow is 29 internal. That's going to be sick.
0: Pretty cool, for sure.
2: Um. Ooh.
1: Yeah, I mean oh, uh, man. The, like, the guy has an $1800 budget, so that's you can get a pretty sexy oh. wheel set for that that amount of money.
2: I just saw that. They dropped their max pressure on the rims though. Yeah. Uh, well, so the flow, the max pressure on the flow with a 2.35 is 37 psi.
1: Damn. it's a little
0: the downhill guys are gonna be all sad panda
1: you're gonna have to think about that when you're like seating tubeless tires
0: uh, some of those
1: trek uh some of those trek tubeless wheels like you have to go up to 45 before the beetle seat
0: downhill guys are like 60 psi bro
1: I always use the blast shield when I have to go above 35
2: I don't get scared anymore <laughs> I have a huge sales floor to and I'll just blow a tire right off the rim. I don't even
0: care i just I just don't even care anymore. I had another spoke explode in my hand in a wheel that was just sitting there.
1: Oh damn,
0: yeah, it scares the shit out of you. like the spoke
2: broke while you were
0: inflating it. No, I was holding the wheel because it had broken spokes already, and it was a it some kind of who knows what the fuck uh no name brand road carbon clincher, low spoke count and had some broken spokes on it, and I'm sitting there looking at it, and I'm actually trying to measure one of them. And and the spoke that I'm holding the wheel with in my hand, I'm not like stressing the wheel. I'm just like holding it upright with holding a spoke. You
1: would assume that one spoke could be weight-bearing to just the (laughs) weight of the wheel, but apparently not.
0: It exploded in my hand. Oh, man. Ridiculous. And it was just like, oh, it popped my hand. It freaking hurt. <laughs> Did you pee a little bit? No, I mean, but the funny thing about it, it happened uh, this afternoon. The funny thing about it is it didn't I didn't even for whatever reason, I didn't even like flinch. You were probably guy, in a hurry. Yeah, the guys around me were like,
1: "Oh my god, what was that? I don't understand."
0: And I'm like, "Yeah, they sometimes they break." I had a
2: <laughs> And now about. everyone is convinced that Kenny is a robot.
0: Yeah. Uh, shoot, what was it? It was an envy. It was an Envy wheel. Uh, no, sorry, not the one that blew up today. But I had a while ago, somebody broke a spoke, and I was—I had the thing in my hand. And another spoke that I was not touching at that time uh, exploded on the wheel. So pretty
2: hilarious. Um, cool. His next yeah. question is, I'm running a Magic Mary right now, which was awesome until it dried out. Any idea on what tires would be good for hard pack, sandy trails? Hopefully something that is faster rolling, but is still a good all-around stiff tire with a tubeless setup.
1: Uh, an Ardent two point four,
0: or a high roller,
1: or a high roller. And that one comes in two, three, and two four. I mean, get something with
0: all kinds of like sidewall protection that'll be stiffer.
1: Yeah, get the EXO protection from Max. Don't they have another one that's up from EXO now? That they made Mm -hmm. for the Enduro type. Yeah. Maybe.
2: I have no idea. So EXO is like sidewall protection. And then they have this new Enduro or downhill tire. And it's that EXO protection, but it's bead to bead. So it's like under the tread and everything.
1: There we go. Yeah. But
2: that tire's real heavy. And it's also real knobby.
1: It kind of depends on on how much weight he's willing to carry in tire. Like, that's what I, on the Mach 6, I put a a high roller 2.4 in the front and then like an Ardent point three or four or something in the back. Like I put the, the biggest 27.5 Arden and the biggest 27.5 high roller and it's awesome. So much traction.
2: Yep. Traction.
1: But both of those come in lighter versions. Just get, get an EXO of some sort.
2: Well, yeah, there you go, Sloan. And that's all of our questions. And that's probably an hour or like 40. I don't know. We've had to, it's like recorded in three segments cause it was failing. So, ah, it's enough show. That's enough show. <laughs>
1: oh, I have a story. I had, I, like, I, I set a customer straight. He brought in a, a non-tubeless wheel and tire because he had broken one spoke. And uh, he was asking me, he'd been to Moab, and he had a bunch of pinch flats. And I was like, yeah, you, you would just, he's asking me about tubeless. And I'm like, you you would need new wheels you could maybe use this tire because it was like a pretty new maxxis with exo nope it was like the like a dhr or something like a super stiff like you could basically lean the tire up against the the cabinet and it wouldn't collapse on itself like it it stood up like a wire bead tire but it wasn't a tubeless version it was just an exo like really stiff downhillish tire I was like, you might be able to get away with this tire, but you need a new wheel. You're like, oh, don't they make a kit? And like, we kind of went in circles a little bit talking about how you just wouldn't, like, how those are a bad idea. And they used to be kind of the only way to do tubeless, but now there's just, you know, tubeless stuff out there that you can afford. And I was like, look, put it this way like, we don't, I was like, if you brought us one of those kits to put in this wheel, we wouldn't do it. He's like, Oh, like it didn't hit home to him until I told him that it's like, it's the same as if you brought me this wheel and you had four broken spokes instead of one, because at that point, like you've damaged the rim. Like I put a new spoke in your wheel and it trued up in like less than two minutes. Like I tightened the spoke so it matched all the other ones and your wheel is perfectly true. I know that that's like a good repair and it's going to last until you do something like kind of dumb and break another spoke, but it's not going to be the fault of that previous broken spoke. It's like, if you have four broken spokes, you've damaged your rim. So no matter what I do, I can put new spokes in there. They're just going to break again. So I'm not going to like charge you our rate for a good job and not be able to do a good job because it's physically impossible. And it's the same way with tell them girl. Yeah. I was like, it's the same way with that tubeless kit. I was like, it might work. It might blow off and make you wreck. Like, it's just, I don't know. Like, it's it's sketchy. I'm not going to, it's like, a, it's just not a good idea. You just need a new set of wheels. He's like, oh, okay. Like, he kind of wanted to argue with me until I said that. That drove it home.
0: So there's a new cheap wheel set that you guys might want to look at for customers. Um, I got one in. I haven't had a lot of experience with it. It's some kind of super wide uh, WTB I-series hoop that's tubeless. Huh. and it's got v- formula or velocity hubs. I don't remember which. It's got their like cent-
1: bearing holders.
0: They're center lock, which is a bummer, but they've got mm-hmm. swappable end caps, they're cartridge bearing, uh, $300 retail for the wheel set.
1: Yeah, kind of heavy.
0: Uh, Yeah, kind of heavy. Like an
1: 1,800-gram, 29 nineer wheel set.
0: Somewhere in that ballpark, yeah. But yeah. they're uh, they seem to be really wide. They seem to be strong, just kind of, messing with them yeah uh but yeah 300 bucks down from like our go-to of yesteryear the x9 hub uh stands rim of your choice i, I um, just
1: i i just sold a set of those like a month ago
0: yeah yeah so anyway kind of cool opens up opportunity so i'm actually kind of surprised it's taking this long for that to happen
1: yeah that's really cool like that's that's a good replacement wheel for like that dude who you know, he's like, oh, I want to try tubeless, and this this wheel was made before tubeless was a thing.
0: And you can get them on cue. Uh, the issue is, A, they're center lock, and B, they're really wide. So mm-hmm. certain frames, certain tires may not work.
1: Do they come in uh, all sizes or just 29?
0: Uh, I actually got some 27 and a halves oh, for cool. somebody. So How wide I'm, are they? Mm, like maybe 29 internal.
1: Uh, that's Somewhere 20 in that ballpark,
0: for... they're really wide.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, that's Sick.
2: Cool. Well, this was a show. Thanks for listening. Is that it? Yeah. We done? All right. Yeah. All Triscuits. right. Triscuits. Triscuits. Triscuits and beer.